0: We want to tell you about the Culture Proof Conference happening in July of 2024.
1: Yes, Culture Proof Conference happening July 18th to the 20th in Bartlett, Tennessee at Faith Baptist Church. It's going to be a great time. We have some great speakers talking about some great topics. And we're just looking for the Lord to, to truly move in our midst.
0: This year's theme is resist. resist. As we look at what's going on in the culture, we want to be reminded of what our brother James wrote in James chapter 1, verse mm-hmm. 27b, where he told us to be unstable by this world to keep ourselves unstained by this world and one of the ways that we're going to equip you to do that is to alert you to what's happening in the world alert you to what's happening in the culture and also provide an actual practical response that keeps us unstained by the world
1: we have some great speakers coming out dr kathy cook we're gonna have uh dr taryn dames we have we have some great things happening like some breakout sessions we have culture proof kids culture proof teens it's something for the whole family and so you want to register we're going to give out more information is coming but if you want to register the registration will start in february so just be on the lookout for that
0: culture proof conference 2024 in bartlett tennessee at faith baptist church we are super excited more information as we get closer make sure you stay connected Culture Proof is brought to you by BJU Press Homeschool. If you've come to homeschooling or you're thinking of homeschooling to preserve a solid biblical worldview in your children, you should consider the curriculum we trust to help with biblical worldview formation. BJU Press Homeschool is here for you and with you as you center Christ in the education of your kids. Visit our friends today at BJUPressHomeschool.com. That's BJUPressHomeschool.com, the premier sponsor of the Culture Proof podcast. Thanks for listening to Culture Proof. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And today we are talking about how to raise a coward. And I know that kind of sounds like strange. Like, why would anyone (laughs) want to know how to raise a coward? honestly, because I think it's more provocative than saying, don't raise a coward. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I think, you know, we live in a time where it's like, if somebody says, don't raise a coward, you're like, well, of course I wouldn't raise a coward. But what about (laughs) if we actually started to explore the ways that we are guilty of being cowardly ourselves, Mm. and maybe even passing that on to our children?
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think that's something that uh, we easily do. And maybe we don't recognize it as raising cowards, but it's it's so easy to do because we're bent towards maybe man pleasing, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, not rocking the boat, you know, wanting to make sure everything is. And so we get into like raising up our children to see that and to operate in that way. Yeah. And, and we don't mean to, but man, we need to highlight it.
0: Yeah, you know one of <laughs> one of the things I think early on we start doing in our kids is we start normalizing in their lives the desire to be popular, the desire to be well liked and yeah. to be celebrated, to receive the accolades of men. Um, we train them to desire this, and maybe the clothes that we buy for them or that we allow them to buy um, these things that create a sense of significance mm-hmm. externally first, yeah. and so we build up what is outside and give no thought to what is inside. And so mm. what we are doing actually is telling them that what people think of us actually matters a whole lot mm-hmm. not who we actually are right the 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 part of us that the lord scrutinizes right Um, The heart, right? Mm -hmm. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. We actually are telling our kids on many occasions and in many ways that what is outside of them Mm. is of chief importance. And that is to be perfected and crafted and curated. And what we are inadvertently doing is training them to be cowards, to to care an awful lot about superficiality.
1: Yeah. So an important part of being culture-proof is not raising our children to be cowards yeah. and us not being cowards our, ourselves. That's right. And so, it, you know, we can't be culture proof if we are cowards. No. You know, um, and because standing up against the norms and the things that the culture, you know, desires to throw at us and, and cause us to uh, conform to, man, if we, if we would conform to those things, we would be cowards. Yeah. You know, so we uh, want to raise our children with backbone to yeah. be able to stand on the word of God. And, and be able to reject those things that are coming at them that are negative.
0: That's right. The, the culture is putting pressure on us and by extension our children. And what we don't recognize is that sometimes we are complicit in applying that yeah. pressure. When we tell our kids to agree with lies, to live those lies um to to believe that maybe there are some things that we need to protect so then we lie um what mm. we are saying is normalize cowardice like mm. you it's it's okay for you to be insincere I think uh, again when we start talking about the beginning of that is that we send them off to school and we tell them to normalize making less of God mm. and so God can be really important to you on the or in the evenings and on the weekends, maybe one evening, Wednesday night, and on the weekends, Sunday morning, right? But the rest of your life, you need to make less of him. And then all of a sudden we think we're going to just like flip the switch and we're going to reverse that course. And we're going to say, now Jesus is everything to me. Oh, man. We're actually creating right? cowards. We, we are teaching them to live by lies.
1: And that's exactly right. And if we are teaching them that everything else is important, Mm-hmm and Christ will be less important. Yeah. You know, everything will rise to the surface and Christ will sink down in their lives. And we've see, we're seeing that yes. within our kids. And and then there's a wonder, like, what 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 did I why do? Why are we happened? losing them? Why yeah. are they going
0: astray? Well, well because why. you've told them that you need to make less of Christ. In yeah. other words, so what happens is as the culture continues to apply this pressure, yeah. our kids learn that it's inconvenient to make much of Christ. So I'm not going to do anything that's going to make me uncomfortable because my parents have told me that to live in this world and to focus on the superficial aspects of this world is like my highest position, right? Like this is my highest calling to make much of what is in this world. And so now we are seeing the fruit of that and it causes us great angst. But we want to talk to you about the ways that we can resist this culture and stop raising cowards, raise kids who do the difficult things and i know this is not going to sound profound mm. but it begins with us not Amen. being cowardly
1: yeah yeah
0: it begins with us doing the difficult difficult things
1: if we're going to disciple our children in the ways of the lord we have to first be disciples yes we can't hand Amen. down and pass down something that we don't have no and so if we are cowards in the way that we operate in this world you know and again we might not even notice that we're doing that come on you know it may be so ingrained that it's like oh man i man, I'm doing that, mm. you know, and that's a way of cowardice. We just have to adjust that. We have to bring that to the Lord, yeah. ask him to change us and to help us because some of that stuff is, is really ingrained. That's how we've been operating, mm-hmm. you know?
0: Look, I'm going to share this story here. This is from the Christian Post. And and I, as I talk about it, look, I always want to be honest with my feelings. Uh, part of the reasons that, or one of the reasons that you would listen to Culture Proof is that you expect us to be honest. You also expect us to be careful. So I don't want to attack the parents. Parents in this article, but I do want to offer a sincere commentary on this piece that I think is quite troubling. And so this is the headline that grabbed my attention again from the Christian Post. Parents demand answers after school assigned 11 year old daughter to share bed with trans identified boy. Okay let's let's unpack it and let's see what happened and let's see how this ties into our Man. overall narrative um today <laughs> our overall <laughs> conversation uh how to raise how to raise a coward all right so here's the story two christian parents in colorado are demanding answers from their public school district after claiming their fifth grade daughter was assigned to share a bed with a trans identifying boy on a school trip last summer so again a girl being forced to share a bed with a boy because the boy said he's a girl. <laughs> all right. So oh, everybody all go. on the same page. Yes. All right. Legal counsel for Joe and Serena Wales also asked Jefferson County School Board and Jefferson County Public Schools Superintendent Tracy Dorland to clarify the district's overnight rooming policy by December 18th, according to a copy of a letter uh, sent to them Monday by Alliance Defending Freedom. Mm-hmm. The Wales' daughter, whom the letter refers to as DW, was reportedly assigned to sleep alongside a trans-identifying Boy dubbed K E M, despite assurances from the school that the boys and girls on the cross-country trip to Philadelphia and Washington, D.C. would have separate sleeping arrangements and even be placed on separate floors. Okay, hmm. so the parents were told that we are going to keep the boys and girls separate, mm-hmm. that they would be on separate floors. <laughs> but what the school did not tell the parents mm-hmm. is that we also reserve the right to define what a boy and what exactly. a girl is.
1: So they they lied, but to them, they were not lying because they believed that this boy who says he's a girl, <laughs> they believe that. And mm. so they were like, no, no, we, we put the girls with the girls and the boys with the boys. No. No, you no, didn't. You, no, you didn't. Right. And so, man, this is a problem. And it's also funny, too, and I don't know what type of trip this was, but I don't remember any time I went on a trip. And and spent nights yeah, in high school a, or yeah. or junior high or whatever. This would be elementary school. I, I, but anyway, that's that's a side note. That's but the they, dad and you coming out. They lied. They lied. But they believed that they were telling the truth.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's the problem, right? That's the problem. And let's as we continue on and we get into the thick of it. What when we look at the the daughter's response and then the parents' response after that, um, I'm troubled by it. Not by the 11 year old response because I think, man, we need to have the right expectation of children, right? Um, but but parents you know our kids are watching the way we navigate these situations yeah. so let me just continue with the article and then maybe maybe i'm making a mountain out of a <laughs> molehill we'll Probably just see not. okay <laughs> see. so here we go the letters uh are the letter notes that Serena Wales was present on the trip so the mom went on the trip even though she wasn't a, sh- a chaperone she So the mom was on the she trip she went on the trip Read. Okay, okay. And claims that her daughter was distressed to learn one of the three people she was assigned to room with was a biological male who happened to tell her about his transgender identity on the first night of the trip. Okay. After her daughter called her in distress from the bathroom of her hotel room, Serena complained to the school chaperone who asked the girl if she would be willing to simply move beds instead of rooms, which she reluctantly agreed to do for one night. Wow. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Hey, if you're listening to this podcast and you are enjoying what you hear, please remember to give it a rating or to leave a comment. Let people know that this podcast is a blessing to you. It helps to grow Culture Proof, and we would be so grateful. Also, if you love Culture Proof and you want to support the ministry, why not pick up some merch and look (laughs) good while you support the ministry of Culture Proof? Check out every podcast. You'll find a link in the description to where you can get your Culture Proof merch And support this ministry. We appreciate it. I grieve. For this 11-year-old. Because even though we want to, here's what our hearts want to do. Our hearts want to celebrate this as a win. Look at this 11-year-old standing up. But really, she was powerless and she did not and she could not. She was uncomfortable but she was asked to conceal a lie. And you'll hear that as I continue on in this article. Okay, so ADF also alleges that the school officials who lied, they lied to other girls in the room as well and then asked the daughter, the 11-year Old, mm-hmm. in this article referred to as DW, they asked her to do the same. In other words, don't tell the other girls in the room why you are moving beds and don't tell the rest of the girls on the trip. This stuff
1: all I mean lies how are, to raise a cow are a feature. Of what they try to do with yes. this stuff. Whether it's don't tell the other girls, you know, why, mm-hmm. or don't tell your parents this. Come on. Man, the enemy, Satan, is all over this stuff. And so when we look at these things and, you, and one indication, when you see these lies popping up, don't tell your parents. Don't tell your parents. Don't tell the other girls what's going on. Satan. Yes, yes. So we can look at this and understand where this is coming
0: from. Yeah. Look, one of the ways that we raise cowards is that we teach them that it is okay to, to, uh, to cover sin. We teach them that it's okay to allow somebody to quote unquote live their truth and you cover it up. You are complicit in Mm. it, but you want to do this as a measure of grace or a means by which you extend grace to the other person. So let the person live fully in the lie. And you also, by extension, are now living the lie as well because Mm. you are saying that this is true and you you agree that it should be concealed. So Mm. back to this article here. All right, it took the girl and her parents multiple requests to get her moved to another room. And even then, chaperones told the girl to lie about the reason for her move. Now, and and listen to this. This (laughs) this is so disturbing to me. They told the girl to lie about her move because of the district's overnight rooming policy, a policy that violates parental rights and student privacy Mm. by rooming students based on gender identity, hold up, based on gender identity while hiding that information from other parents and students. So, so you will assign rooms Mm -hmm. based on a kid's expressed gender identity, Mm -hmm. but you will hide that information from parents and students. So in other words, the confusion always gets the greatest protection, right? Right. And everybody else just has to go along when we go along. When we encourage our kids to go along, we are raising cowards. Now, again, I I want to be very careful with the way that I talk about this, but let me just say, well, I'll continue on with the story here a little bit more and then I'll I'll come back in with my commentary because this is extremely upsetting to me and I got to just tell you frankly and and I, you know, I the parents' reaction is upsetting to me too. Mm. And I know people are like, well, wait, no, the mom took action. let (laughs) let me, let's just continue. Okay. So Serena Wales told the Daily Signal that she was quote, really upset by her daughter's situation and that she didn't think it was appropriate for an 11 year old girl to be faced with it. So, so what, so what, what do we do in that kind of situation? You so so people you know hindsight is always twenty twenty mm-hmm. and the responses are always perfect when you're outside of the situation. I understand that one hundred percent, but I gotta say, man, going to rescue my daughter from this situation would be high a- atop my list. Like I I just can't imagine saying go along to get along. Can you please move her room? I'm like the trip is over.
1: Right. I was gonna ask you. So uh, Mickey Addison in this situation, which. You won't be in this situation, but in this situation, what do you do? What are you doing?
0: Okay. So in this situation, Mm -hmm. I'm going to the hotel. I don't know what their (laughs) schedule is, but in this situation, I'm going to the hotel. Um, My daughter is coming with me and, and when, when we see you back in Colorado, it's going to be really bad for you. Right. Okay. So now that's me putting myself in the situation, but can I just tell you directly and frankly, also chucking up the deuces because (laughs) We're out of the school. The mm. system is failing our kids. The system is perpetuating this cowardice that we're trying to avoid, right? So how, how, as a parent, how can I feel safe that you have the best interest of my child you at can. heart? You, you, have a, you have a specific group of people that you are saying, we are committed to this group of people over and above everyone else. And now you are raising cowards because you're telling your kids that your feelings don't matter. You're telling your kids, even if you rescue the kid from this situation, you are saying that you can live largely in a situation Mm -hmm. where your feelings don't matter. Your sense of safety is not important. That is what we reinforce when we condemn our kids to remain in a system that favors confusion over truth and then demands that we live by it. Guys, this is a problem. This Huge is a, problem. this is how we raise cowards. This mm. is how we perpetuate cowardice in our culture and call it sensitivity. <laughs> we call it kindness. Cowardice is not kindness. It is just cowardice, yep. right? And we can say all of these things to make ourselves feel better, but at the end of the day, it is cowardice. I also agree for the father. In this article it says that the dad um let me just let, let was Serena he, on the trip too? he was not on the trip mm. and according to this article, he felt Helpless because he was 2000 miles away and could do nothing about it at the time. Mm. Can you can you imagine knowing what we know? Okay, just go back to Virginia, right? Go back to Loudoun County, go, mm. go back to, you know, real victims, actual physical victims of this confusion. And can you imagine being a father and your 11-year-old child, your 11-year-old daughter is being forced to room with an 11-year-old boy, even share a bed with an 11? Like, (laughs) Mm -mm. on what planet? Right. On what planet, right? (laughs) But the thing that really bothers me about this is that our outrage will only take us so far. Like our outrage is not going to cause us to shut the door on the system that is producing this type of situation. On the system that produces the type of outcome that normalizes silence and normalizes cowardice.
1: Normalize normalize lies, you know, lying. And, uh, you know, my mind went back to Jesus talking to, I believe with the Pharisees and um, looking at John chapter 8. And he told them, this is how I feel about the public school system, mm-hmm. he said, you are of your father, the devil, <laughs> and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Mm. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature. Or he is a liar and the father of lies. They what they they're promoting lies. They're mm-hmm. saying, "Okay, we are cool with this boy saying that he is a girl." And not only that, we we want to hide the fact from the parents that we're making adjustments because they, you know, a girl has a problem with it and they're, man, like it's it's crazy. And I feel like, you know, and I know it's a, a bold statement, but but parents, look, at some point you got to just say my kid has to get out it's of time. there. That system is uh, uh, drenched in lies. Right. You know from right. from you know we evolved from apes all the way down Come to on. like a boy is a girl and a girl is a boy. When mm. is it enough? When? Man. When, yeah. when do you say like, okay, that's enough. You know, when do you begin to look for alternatives? When church leaders, when do we rise up? Pastors, when do we say, okay, we have to help these families mm-hmm. to get out of these schools, these indoctrination camps. Right. When? Right. Stuff like this is happening and we're sitting back and we have churches that are empty during the week. What are we going to do? Are we going to let them stay in these places of, of lies? Come on. Oh, we're going to do something. Right. And so it's just, it's it's mind boggling, man, because at some point as Christians, we have to understand we are salt and light and we have to do something about yes, it. Yes,
0: that's right. That's right. That's right. No, and the upsetting thing is that there are a lot of people who would love for these things to remain in the category of, oh, well, that's just a one off situation. How many times no, are we going to say now that? Now, this is, this is, that's the normal situation.
1: Uh, that that right? argument is, is old. Like, yeah. you can't use that anymore. I'm sorry.
0: And increasingly what you're going to find is you're going to find situations where the quote unquote protections are extended to the confusion and not to those who um, really need to be protected. Look, how do we raise cowards? We raise cowards when they do not have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and unfortunately, that is something that is discipled into our children. Like if we are cowards, if we don't do something because we believe that the outcome will be bad for us, mm. if, we, if we keep away from doing what is right because the outcome will be hard or difficult for us, our kids see that, they watch that, and they are imbibing from that um, almost like a normalization of cowardice, that it becomes a part of their character. My goodness. And when cowardice becomes a part of your character, like it becomes, it's who you are, right? Like how do you come back from that? Because now what you've done is you've normalized fear, Either fear of outcome, fear of personal comfort being jeopardized, you know, fear of what people will say. You've normalized that. And now how do you tell your kid to be strong and courageous? Mm-hmm. How do you tell your, when your kid is looking and and right out, look. And even for, I think there are some parents who are like, man, you know, I really would like to pull my kid out of the public school system. I, I have a problem. I've experienced this. They can't do it because they're afraid of what the kid will say. Well, all my friends are there. Mm. I'm like, okay, but if all your friends are jumping off a bridge, like even if you can't <laughs> if we can't go back to the authority of of the word of God that you as the parent, you have the mandate and the expectation from the Lord to rear your kids to know him. Right. That they would come to know him. Even if you can't fall back on that, then let's you can fall back on some of the old adages, right? Like, okay, well, if everybody's going to jump <laughs> over a bridge, are you gonna No, look, our responsibility is to our kid. Yeah. Our responsibility is to make sure that we see Christ formed in them, that we disciple them, that we actively train them. I grieve that this 11-year-old was in this type of situation, and, and so. I grieve at the response. And And I know, look, I'm, I'm glad that the parents are being represented by ADF, and mm-hmm. I'm glad that the school is going to be held accountable. But I grieve, I think, in terms of if my 11-year-old daughter were in a situation where there was an 11-year-old boy that she was placed in the same bed with— my goodness. How in the world? Like, I just, I just, I, I can't normalize wow. that to the point where I'm okay with it, where I, I would look back on it and say, yeah, no, this was fine. I'm totally fine with that. Look, here's what the Bible says. when we talk about cowardice, right? In the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 21, I'm gonna start at verse seven and include verse eight. Um, Verse seven says, He who overcomes will inherit these things and I will be his God and he will be my son. But for the cowardly and unbelieving, It's amazing to me, and you're going to see this in some cross-reference scriptures that we pull out, it's amazing to me that cowardice is connected to a lack of faith, or in this particular passage in in the Revelation, that it's connected to unbelief. Mm. Like, when we don't have faith, and by the way, faith has an object. It's not just faith, like, you know, on a t-shirt or a coffee (laughs) mug or a greeting card. Yeah. It is faith in the Lord God most high. When we don't have faith, we will be cowardly and we will raise cowardly children. This Mm. is how you do it. Because why? If you don't have faith in the Lord, then your faith and your confidence is in yourself. And if your faith and your confidence is in yourself, then far be it from you to do anything that would jeopardize outcomes based Mm. on your personal ability to secure those outcomes. Mm. Verse 8. But for the cowardly and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and immoral persons and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars, their part will be in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. It's amazing to me. Like we, man, we really love to go for those marquee sins. You know, we're like, of course, sorcery. Of course, abominable acts. Of course, all of those things. Of course, murderers. But, but, but wait, cowardly? Like you're, you're, you're saying to act in such a way so as to deny truth for fear of your personal safety, you're saying that that is judged? Yeah, because it's directly connected to a lack of faith.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And the Bible tells us in Proverbs, another scripture, uh, 29, 25, the fear of man brings a snare. Yes. But he who trusts in the Lord, trust in the Lord will be exalted. So the thing is, you know, uh, there's a lot of opportunity uh, for us to fear man. Mm -hmm. especially when we're talking about the things we're talking about where this whole gender thing and it's like it's not the popular stance to resist Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know but man if we are in Christ we're like man no we have to resist that and we're not going to fear man because that's going to bring the snare part of that snare is you know being a coward Yes, you know Yes, operating as a coward being in violation you know of standing for, for what's right you know and so the thing is we don't want any snares we don't want that to happen but we we see it over and over and over. And this culture wants us to bow down, you know, and and fear men and fear the things that they're putting out or what may be said about us or what may be written about us or whatever, you know, but that's a snare. And it causes us to be paralyzed from doing what God calls us to do.
0: Yeah. I'm reminded of Jesus when he, along with the disciples, he's told them that they're getting ready to go over. They're getting ready to cross a body of water. Mm-hmm. And there's this great tempest that happens upon the boat that they're on. And the Bible says that the boat actually starts to take on water Mm -hmm. and this is an amazing account because jesus is asleep on the boat right and the (laughs) disciples are like like wait come on like lord (laughs) don't you care care about us (laughs) like look at us we're going under but which again (laughs) he'd already said (laughs) we're going over right and they're like no we're going under (laughs) (laughs) right that's that's your shouting moment right (laughs) but um in verse 26 this is matthew chapter 8 he said to them why are you afraid you men of little faith Mm. So here we have, again, the fear is connected to little faith mm. or lack of faith.
1: Mm.
0: So so how do you raise a coward? You raise someone who does not have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. You raise someone who can't see beyond his or her own ability to mm. secure outcomes. So then I can't do the difficult thing. Yeah. I, I can't do the tough thing because this is going to mess up my opportunity to get into a good school. Mm. This is going to mess up my opportunity to be promoted. This is going to be, this is going to mess up my opportunity to get the future invitation. So I just can't do the hard thing because all of the things depend on me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm reminded of David again. Mm-hmm. Um, this is in Psalm chapter 56, verse 11. In God, I have put my trust. I shall not be afraid. Here's the question. What can man do to me?
1: Oh, man. Yes.
0: In God, to, I've put my trust. <laughs> we need to adopt that. I will not be afraid. Meditate. What can man do to me? If you would raise a coward, right, man. you would have them never ask this question. Mm. They would never wonder aloud, what can man do to me? They
1: would believe man could do all kinds of things to them if they don't line up to where, you know, <laughs> those people want them to be. Yes. And man can do all kinds of things. Take your job, take your Come this, on. that, this man. But in Christ, No. What can man do? What and can man do? I'm thinking about uh, Timothy, and we were talking about this. Oh, that's this, good. How you know, Paul was uh, really encouraging Timothy to be faithful, Yeah, you know to be courageous. He said, I thank God, whom I serve with a clear conscience, that uh, the way uh, my forefathers did, as I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day, longing to see you, even as I recall your tears, so that I may be filled with joy. Mm. Here it is. For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you which first dwelt in your grandmother lois and your mother eunice and i am sure that is in you as well faith for this reason i remind you to kindle fresh the gift of god which is uh in you through the laying on of my hands for god has not given us a spirit of timidity or mm-hmm, fear mm-hmm. but of power love and discipline yeah and so you have that faith that paul says i identified that that's in you. yes But God has not given us a spirit of fear.
0: Yeah. The Greek word here for fear is very interesting, right? Mm. Because you taught on this once. This is dylea or Mm -hmm. Mm dylea is the Greek word. And also the word in Revelation 21, 8 is Mm dylos, right? And so it is a fear that indicates an absence of Mm -hmm. faith.
1: Yes. It's cowardice.
0: It's cowardice.
1: Yes. Yes, and so you know, Paul is telling Timothy as he has set him you know in place to be that elder. in Ephesus, man, don't oper- we we don't operate in fear. You know, God has given us power, love, and a sound mind or dis- discipline, self mm-hmm. discipline. And so you know, you can see faith, then you see fear. But yes. we don't uh, we don't bow down to fear. No. We operate in faith.
0: Amen. Listen, we have um, we have had our ability to discern and act in mm. accordance with that discernment, uh, really kind of blunted in our in our culture. So you think about this, even just 15 years ago, if parents learned that their daughter was placed oh, in a what? bed with a boy, Ooh. <laughs> it would have been seen as a sexual aggression. Oh, man. It would have been seen as a sexual aggression. But even the response to this is sort of like we, there's <laughs> a certain normalcy to this that wow. we don't act with the full weight mm. of our outrage. Mm. We kind of like we go through the channels mm-hmm. because it's like it's not it's not like that you know mm. but it is like that because we're talking about an actual boy we're talking about a real boy you know sometimes the response is like well you know it's it's a it's a trans boy but still i'm upset there's a trans boy no it's a boy boy <laughs> it's a boy boy is what we're talking about and the same type of outrage that would have been ours you know 15 20 years ago <laughs> maybe even 10 years ago. Um, we need to return to that with the kind of bravery and boldness to continue telling the truth. The outrage right. must match the reality of what you're facing. If your, if your reaction is sort of like, well, you know, man, we need to go through the the steps here to find out how this policy got into place. Then it almost seems like you've got a policy problem. Yeah. No, we got a truth problem. Right. We got a, we got a reality right. problem where there. my daughter was a victim of a sexual aggression. Mm. Well, there's no sex involved. Says who? <laughs> Says who? Absolutely. Sex is involved. The female sex and the male sex
1: placed in the same
0: bed. <laughs> Come on. There's a sexual aggression. Man,
1: where are we living?
0: Oh, man, this is crazy. So look, we have to resist. It's not easy, but it he is worthy. Amen. Right? He is worthy that we will continue to live and to tell the truth. Anyway, it's fitting to say it. We often say it. <laughs> we say it every show. Yeah. It's fitting, though. When you resist those cultural trends that rival the truth, you remain culture-proof. Until next time, Lord willing. God bless.